The Prison Peak Heirloom Reclamation Guild, Ogrehold Chapter, musters up three of its best and brightest to go on a mission to the Cradle of Earth. They must face dangers untold to plumb its depths, and hopefully return with a shard of the first stone that bore the seeds of Dwarvenkind to this world. Will they find what they've come for, or will the ancient worms that call this place home make them their next meal? Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLcast and at FTLcast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FTLcast. Today, we're playing Ironsworn, a tabletop RPG of perilous quests by Sean Tompkin. For those of you who are new to this game, here are the basics. In the Ironsworn tabletop role-playing game, you are a hero sworn to undertake perilous quests in the dark fantasy setting of the Ironlands. You will explore untracked wilds, fight desperate battles, forge bonds with isolated communities, and reveal the secrets of this harsh land. Most importantly, you will swear iron vows and see them fulfilled no matter what. I'm Sam, and you can find me at SAKLO on Twitter or SassyTail on Tumblr. Not really on Twitter much anymore. Uh, and my pronouns are he, they. Playing with me today, we have... Zach. Hello, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at Obfuscating Gun. You can find the music I do at IamBugBear.BandCamp.com. And you can find me on Blue Sky at ZacharyOlson.BSky.Official. Uh, no, social. Um, <laughs> Zachary Olson is my writing pseudonym. You can also find me in issue 389 of the Beneath Ceaseless Skies Fantasy Literary magazine which is going to be out by the time this is out so that's kind of cool and uh my pronouns are he him uh and i'm also joined by Corey. hey folks my name is Corey. you can find me on co-host at cohost.org slash missing and my pronouns are he him super looking forward to reading that periodical um should i go with co-host yeah fun stuff um i think we've this game has some history here before right yeah. Yes, we played uh, Iron Sworn uh, in a, a very close to its standard version in part of our Lady Winter kind of um, saga, which started with yeah. of course, the the Lady Winter um, protocol game, and then with Iron Sworn, and then we'll come back to that at some point. I'm sure we left it on we a should. pretty pretty cool like spot. I believe that was the first episode of season six. It might have been. Uh, I all of the seasons blur together for me. Um, I I trust people when they say that we've done more than one season of the show. Uh, <laughs> I mention it just because I do want to make a note that, in particular, when it comes to Iron Sworn, I believe we're playing Delve this time, right? Yes, we are playing Delve. We're playing the Delve like re like I don't know if you could call it a supplement. It's a it's a big book. It's like a two hundred forty six page like supplement. Um, that kind of like reframes it from being a kind of like Iron Age, uh, like wandering nature adventure to like a dungeon crawling game, like old school D&D style. Um, and to that end, we are actually, we're leaving the Ironlands entirely. And we're not really worried about doing uh, Iron Vows, but we are doing more important vows, which are the vows of Dwarven honor because it's a dwarf game hi folks editor august here just wanted to come in and uh, drop our lines and veils uh sam got a little excited to get started uh so our lines which are things we absolutely do not want to see are 
homophobia and transphobia racism sexism anti-semitism violence against children sexual assault domestic violence or intimate partner violence unwanted pregnancy and plagues and pandemics our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but will just fade to black on, are steamy situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm, and terminal illness. Content warning for these episodes include violence against animals, uh, specifically large beasts that are kind of mythical, but not quite. Now that we've got all that, let's get started. I was so sure you were going to say the vows of dwarven merit. <laughs> no, there's, those have been broken irreparably. That's true. Irreparably. Irreparably. To that end, let's introduce our characters. Um, I'll start. Uh, I am playing Bazda Steeltreads, a grizzled older woman who has long, I would get, I would say salt and pepper braids, but like, Fully shaved head on her face, but, like, she's blonde. So, like, it's more of, like, a sort of a... Like a... Like sifted a... flower. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like a sort of, like, golden and white sifted flower kind of vibe. That's um, really funny. Did you look at my Hero Forge mini? No, why? I have the same... I have I have light blonde hair that is turning, that is turning white. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Same line of thinking, same brain cell. Uh-huh. Same go. fucking brain cell. Same taste. There's a reason why same Frida taste. left me for you. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, and I'm playing um, a little, she's a little downtrodden. And I would say she is an ex-wife guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Forgot about that term. <laughs> and uh, should I go through what my stats are or just? You can just tell, like, what your best stats are. Cool. Um, My best stat is Iron and Shadow, and mm-hmm. Edge also. Uh, Zach, would you like to describe what the stats are about? Um, yeah, so in, this game has five uh, stats that mostly help to um, explain the ways uh, that your character approaches their um, problem-solving. The... Stats are Edge, which is your quickness, agility, and prowess in ranged combat. Heart, which is your courage, willpower, empathy, social ability, and loyalty. Iron, which is your physical strength, endurance, aggressiveness, and prowess in close combat. Shadow, which is your sneakiness, deceptiveness, and cunning. And Wits, which is your expertise, knowledge, and observation. Uh, so, Bosda has high iron, uh, as well as usually shadow and wits. No, Shadow and Edge. Yeah, Shadow and Edge. So that Edge. means that Bazda is very strong physically, um, 
kind of aggressive as a, a standard like approach to, to problem solving, um, but also has some sneakiness and some quickness uh, as well. Um, would you like to uh, tell us what your assets are as well, like your special cards, your like moves, basically? <laughs> that, that's, that, this is me stay, sitting in silence and saying, oh, I think I forgot something with my character prep. That's fine. That's a good time to choose them. Now, I mean, yeah, now's a good time to, to, to pick them out. Um, and to get into what the, they are. <laughs> on, the, on the right. Let's uh, well, talk about can, cards, yeah. You, you can think on yours. Uh, if you can go through the different, there's like uh, three different kinds, uh, a few different kinds. There's of, of, of um, assets. Assets are basically like a catch-all for like feats or abilities or moves as they would be in a PPTA game, which this game draws a lot from, um, which is like companions. Like if you have like a special, like an animal companion or a minion of some kind or a pet um, a combat talent, which is a way that you deal with combat encounters. Um, a path, which is like a class of, or so, like sort of. Um, and rituals, which is like, you know, rituals. Um, for the record, I, I am playing Sigurd Silverloom, who is as old as Bazda, and thus should be grizzled, but is not. He moisturizes, uh, he conditions <laughs> his beard. Uh, he is just a friendly guy to everyone he meets, uh, very sociable. His highest skill, uh, his highest stat is heart. Uh, he's just a real, real, like, people person. Uh, he's a dwarf dwarf, and he is, um, kind of, uh, like, the, like, the personal relations, uh, and, and, like, human relations, dwarven relations, like, member of our party, uh, it's his job to make sure that everything is great. We have an HR guy with us. <laughs> we should a, a all DR, of us. The a DR guy. The thing is, Bazda, if we think about our core tenets, we should all of us be at all times DR guys. You know, think about the way that our actions affect people. Um, Such a trap. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be very mean to Zach over the course of this game. <laughs> uh, his paths. His, t- his assets are, he has the path Loyalist, which gives us, him a bonus to aiding allies. Um, the combat talent Shield Bearer, uh, where he can um, face danger with his shield. Um, with a bonus when he uses his shield, he has this big, like, Roman scutum, like a, the, the, the big square shields that he used to build shield walls um, that he uses for a bunch of different things. Um he also gives him bonus. Uh, he gets extra momentum when he's fighting in close quarters because she can use his shield to move around people. Um, and then he has, his final asset is uh, Banner Sworn, um, where he is sworn to the Brisbane Peaks Heirloom Reclamation Company. And it is his job and his joy to uh, help the company in getting... Um, Dwarven artifacts out of dangerous holds and other uh, gnarly places. Um, He gets a bonus uh, to swearing iron vows and to fulfilling vows. Hmm. Very salt of the earth type. At least so I always hear in the pubs. I like (laughs) a little bit more sugar, but yeah. Well, sweet or salty, both are natural and necessary. Okay, well, I'll take that moment to introduce a girl shock coppers 
Uh, Geralt is what I would describe as strong of mind, but stunningly weak of chin. A good drinking partner, and no stranger to a little bit of underhand maneuvering. He's got wild red hair, very intricately braided side locks, and a very carefully trimmed and cultivated set of friendly mutton chops. Um, he's also got ragged hair up and down his arms and legs, and a slightly crooked nose and some silvery front teeth from just a few too many smart words during an even evening's revelry, as well as light rusty brown eyes that are bright and alive. In terms of what he wears, um, usually not very flashy. Um, it's well kept, but definitely something that gives the impression of a sort of pack rat. It's got a big old hiking backpack strapped around the waist and the upper body. Um, a belt just filled to the brim with oodles of things, uh, a pair of goggles that he keeps up on his head, and a lantern that's often swinging by his side on his belt. In terms of the assets that Mr. Shock Coppers has, uh, he has the herbalist path. So when he tries to heal using herbal remedies and has at least one supply, he can get either a bonus or take or give additional health. Um, the other path that he has is the improviser path. So when he checks his gear, he can use wits instead of supply. Ooh. If he does so, then he can make do with a clever solution. He can essentially MacGyver it and take plus one momentum on a hit. And finally, he's got a little bit of that magic under his fingertips by way of the ritual Invoke. When he consumes the mystical essence of his surroundings, he can roll wits. On a strong hit, he gets to add the value of his action die to the essence track, then secure an advantage or face danger plus that essence to get minor mystical effects or illusions for a penalty to essence and more momentum on a hit. On a weak hit, he gets the same, but he also endures two stress. So, uh, just a little bit of an oddball. Definitely not what you would call a proper pickaxe swinging dwarf, per se, but... Uh, he's got his eyes to the ground and his ears up to the winds, for sure. Okay. Um, so I have taken the combat talent Berserker. <laughs> um, and Bazda is wielding a great axe. So when she has her axe in hand, she uses the promise of violence to compel or secure an advantage to to add plus one and take plus one momentum on a hit. She's also geared for war, so she, uh, when she endures harm in a fight, she adds plus two and takes plus one momentum on a hit. Hell yeah. Very nice. Do I have one more, uh, asset? You get three. Yep. Three. Get three. Okay, so that's two. Uh, oh, I also have battle scarred. When I have become maimed, I overcome my limitations and reduce my maximum health by one. Maimed no longer counts as a debility and does not reduce my maximum momentum or reset value. Nice. When I endure stress, take plus heart and take plus momentum on a strong hit. Plus heart, not going to do me much good, but everything else seems cool. <laughs> you never know. A little bit of friendship can take a long way, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit of extra friendship. So... My heart's only one, so... <laughs> ah, it's a little boost. It's fine. Just a little boost. So, um... Friends like these, who needs enemies? <laughs> That's, that might be putting it a little bit more literally than we would like. Um, we should probably talk about how we ended up in this situation to begin with, huh? Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, we... So, yeah, when we're, when we're looking at the, um, the one-shot delves, kind of check sheet in, uh... The Delve book. Um, 
says to envision an inciting incident, what happened to the compel the characters into the adventure, what is the objective within the site? I think that's pretty simple. We had talked off uh, off mic about us all working for a company, the the Prison Peaks Heirloom Reclamation uh, uh, Guild, specifically the one in the uh, Ochre Hold, uh, which is one of the various uh, dwarf holds of the Prison Peaks, which are a bunch of very um, beautiful mountains out in some kind of temperate location uh, region where the where the peaks are like all different colors. It's very cool. Um, it's very cool. <laughs> and so yeah, so uh, the, the inciting incident is simple, which is that we have been hired, as is our way, to explore and retrieve uh, artifacts from a site. But we don't know is what that site is. So if we'd like, we could um, roll up a theme and a domain or choose one. Why don't we try rolling one? Yeah, let's put it to the dice. Let's have a little fun. All right. So then it's going to be, uh, I think it's two D100 rolls. Do you all Ooh. each want to do one? Sure. Let's... I would love to do a D100. D100. So who's D100. going first? Okay, Corey's going first. So that's the, okay. Wow, very low rolls for. <laughs> Close in relation to each other, too. So Corey rolled yeah, an eight. we got an eight and a 16. So Corey rolled an eight, uh, which is, um, sets the theme as ancient. This place holds the secret of a bygone age. Well, we could have told you that. Uh, and the domain that Sam rolled is uh, 16, which is cavern. A place of stone and darkness. So we have we been. We kind of told you that too. <laughs> yeah, though there's you know there's like different different like vibes for it. So we are going to an ancient uh, place within a cavern. I think that sounds pretty good. That we are like kind of going into the bones of our mountain, deep deep below. Um, you know where. Um, here's a question. Where do dwarves come from? Hmm. That's true. Is it a tradition? Well, when a mommy dwarf and a daddy dwarf love each other very much. Um... <laughs> Reductive. Are we born of the earth? Do we come from elsewhere? Because I have a fun idea for myself. <laughs> Go for it. Yeah, I'd say I would like rock born, you know, common theme. But rather than coming from the earth, I'd, I'd quite enjoy it if the dwarves here came from the stars. Great oh. comets bombarding the earth here and settling seeds from which dwarven can rose. We're little we're little cosmic uh cosmic uh termites. Yeah. It's it's a little bit yeah. of a different way to get into the ground, but you know. Start from sure. below and come to the surface. So the so the first dwarves came from the stars and then from there we've just been digging down. Um could be that up there there's great big mountains past the sky where dwarves dig in every direction. Mm. Mm. And that might be just it. Like, the dwarves of the earth here were formed by the rock slides from the mountains above, fallen out mm. from space and crashed into the ground below. Yeah. Okay, so this is... So it could be that this is like we're going to the initial landing site, mm. the initial crater, which has since been like built over over millennia or we could be going to an ancient site 
that has nothing to do with us at all. That there was something else in the in the bones of the earth before us that has caverns and 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 stuff that we're exploring. Mm. Maybe like I like the idea of the the like crater where the first dwarves grew. Yeah, I do. I do like that. That is a fun one. Oh, I think. okay. Sure. So we're going back to the to the uh, the crash. The, um, the the forge of our ancestors or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The cradle of Earth. Cradle of Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good name for the site. All right. Um, oh, boy. Apparently, the next thing is we set up the site worksheet sheet, and the, 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 the encounter matrix. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. That sounds fun. Do you want to set up the site worksheet on the shared character sheet? Uh oh yeah we do have a shared character sheet that's that's it's true yeah there is a section for that that's a good idea ooh hot damn okay cool so we have an ancient cavern we have the details okay let's set up that matrix shall we so in the book itself one of the very nice things is all of these details are nice and laid out so we can roll a little bit and then they provide us some more material to go off of to roll again that's one of the things that I've noticed that's very interesting about this to me in particular is just how many different sort of oracle tables, I think is sort of the term that's used for this, there are for determining how to go forward, which is very nice. I've considered playing this on my own as sort of a solo endeavor before, just for, um, like, trying to write stories. Of course, you know, intention and uh, execution are two different things, but um, I appreciate always the level of detail that they go to when it comes to putting in sort of different encounters that you can run across and how you can interact with them and how you can go about writing your story in a way that doesn't just come from the self, but also helps you with adding unexpected elements. You can envision a fair amount of it. It, 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 Like, you know, the storytelling is coming from the game in many aspects because of the Oracle tables that they provide. Yeah. And so we can get to react to it in some cases. Yeah. From what I can see here. There we go. So for populating it, there is a, usually a matrix sheet, but thankfully we have a very nice roll 20 here. Um, for filling it out, they ask us to consider a few things. To consider what we know of the denizens of this place, of this cradle of the earth. The rumors we've heard, information we've uncovered, and if there are any clues offered by the Thieman domain. Then from there, we can offer some denizens that can be added. How much impact they have in expedition and story, slot them into fields and such. Um... If they represent most of the encounters, then we can put them in multiple slots in the first row, starting from the leftmost space. Um, that will cause them to appear more often when we do encounters. And in addition to that, if we don't really know what we want off the top, then we can leave a few blank. And as we go through, we can end up putting in what we need to. So I think, for instance, this is a place of old faith, right? This is where dwarven kind springs from and where strange and ancient theories come from. So I think putting a couple of slots for zealots would probably be a good idea, for instance. Mm. I had an idea while I was stepped away for a second. Sure. We come from uh, uh, comets from the stars. What if we were mushrooms? Oh. Oh. Like, like fungus, like, like, Based so like, there's a hive mind living in the earth of of the mycelial network of our of our 
uh, origins. Yeah, like, we might be, like, uplifted or, like, evolved mushrooms, but there could be, like, other types of mushroom creatures, like, fungal creatures down there. Yeah. That's wild. That's extremely cool. So we're, so we're interstellar mushroom folks. Yeah. Nice. Dwarves. Dwarves, yeah. <laughs> dwarves. The interstellar mushroom people, you know? And we've become, you know, the dwarves that people know. Um, but like that's but we didn't start out that way. That there's that's a long chain that got us here, and many of yeah. those links are still down below. Nice. Ooh, I like that. So I'll that's stick really cool. I'll put this here. We can figure out our mushroom people too, like sort of the proto dwarves, right? Like myconids. Yeah, myconids. Myconids. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The words right there. But yeah, but, but myconids are proto dwarves in this yeah. kind of. Um, that is really cool. I like that as an idea. That is neat. Mm-hmm. I think I'll put that. You think that's more of a common one, or um, Probably. let's put that. Let's put those. Um, so okay. So yeah. So denizens. We got to come up with one, two, three, four, twelve mm-hmm. um, things. Um, I think obviously some one of them's got to be a dragon. Sure. Mm. They're dwarves, uh, you know. Our our dwarven riches always seem to grab the dragon's interest. Or like, um, or the Balrogs. Very fair. Balrog. A worm, yeah. I think, right? A worm, Digging yeah. too deeply and greedily, etc., etc. I think I'll put that worm. worm on the unforeseen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the most. That's that's the one thing we're not expecting to, to go into. Um, let's say, let's break zealots and the myconids up into two groups and have those be the two uncommon groups. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, so, so. Like there's maybe like, maybe there's like positive zealots and, un, and like negative zealots, like dangerous ones and peaceful ones. Zealots. Good. Zealots. Bad. Depending on who they, depending on who they, um, like what their worship is. Mm, I see. You know, there's like the like, Oh, we must return to the earth. With an axe, uh, or the like, hey, look, this is all our, you know, this is history, and this is, we need to become one with the earth with meditation and transcendence. I see. I see. Okay, that's a good thing to note. Um, and maybe like micated farmers and micated um, raiders. Ooh, that's a good idea. Okay, duly listed. Some form of beasts must exist below the earth too, right? Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably we have. We might run into ghouls or or undead, um, but like animal animals, we would. I would imagine like a deep stalker type vibe. Mm-hmm. Big spiders. Yeah, big spiders. Um, big classic, spiders. classic big cave thing. Big spider. Like uh, giant moles or like burrowing. Burrowing creatures. Yeah, I'll take the the giant blind mole for a common one. Ooh, I do like the idea of just lizard under there. Just a nice lizard. Yeah, just a nice little guy. Just some, just some, just some little dudes. Just some blind cave lizards as well. A lot of mm-hmm. no need for sight. More, more reliance on sound. I think for these. Uh, very common. Probably it's gonna be bats. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Big bats are are they the size of us? Are they larger? I would say the very common ones are normal bats. Okay, bat swarms. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then under rare, we could put like a bat lord. Ooh. <laughs> like a bat king where like all the bats got tangled together and now it's just one big Yeah, or like, like a or like a giant like you know, like Like a rat king but bats. <laughs> well that was what you're saying. What I was saying like a <laughs> like a dire bat situation. Oh, uh, just a, a real big and vicious one. Yeah, yeah with like psychic powers. Whoa. I do. I I read a lot of OSR like monster manuals, which is a lot of like just old sword and sorcery weirdness. So I'm happy to to pull that in for this. I love that. We have two more rare ones. Maybe baby dragons, or or like cave worms, like purple worms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I've got another one which I think is interesting for this and sort of thematic. How about an astral construct? Is what I'll call it. Ooh. Ooh. Like like full on alien stuff. Maybe it came after the following this the trail of the comet. Who knows? Ooh, it got here with the comet. Mm-hmm. They found more land to dig, but it fell like those yeah. like star people from Elden Ring. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll just sure. toss cave worm. Which is I can see it being funny of like Oh no, it's a worm. You mean a worm? No, a worm. <laughs> <laughs> the dragon is the worm. The weird worm. The Y. And then the cave worm is worm with a O. Uh, Q jokes about the Alaskan bullworm. And that, I think, is our full matrix written out. So I can read this from left to right. So very common encounters include mostly bat swarms. Um, there's a large range for these for, for reference. So when we roll them, for instance, just to give an idea of how often we'll be running into them, the very Ooh. common encounters encompass about 1 to 27 on the dice value. Our common ones, blind cave lizards, big spiders, and giant blind moles. Those go from 28 to 69. So again, just an idea of how wide nice. that ranges. Um, as we get to the more uncommon ones, these are encompassing like the upper third of our values. So these are the mycanids we mentioned, both in farmer and raider varieties, and then the zealots. The ones that are more peaceful and the ones that are more uh, warlike, I suppose. Um, the very top of the top, this is within the last five values or so. Uh, we have our dire bat, um, which you just mentioned. And I'm sure that's going to be a fun one to define. The astral construct, yeah. the cave worms. And then finally, if we get extremely unlucky and roll a hundo on that die, we'll encounter a worm. So we'll see if that comes A worm. A worm, a worm, a worm, a worm. Worm. Um, cool. Then we set the rank of the site as appropriate for the time available. Dangerous for an hour or two. Formidable for two to four hours. I think maybe dangerous would be best because we're all we're going to be going slow anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree, and I think this is the cradle of the earth. While it is an ancient place, while it is. A place that is probably vast, uh, labyrinthine, and grand. I'm sure this is also one of the mainstays of not only our particular company, our particular expeditionary force, but also many others across the prison peaks. I'd be surprised if we didn't run across competition. Oh, that would have been good to put in there. Ooh, damn. <laughs> well, next time, right? Now, we've, we found mm -hmm. a stake somewhere quiet, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I threw in an objective, because we need to establish an objective for the Delve, and mine was recover a shard of the first stone. Ooh. Hell yeah. Where, um, 
are we've been we've been tasked to with recovering um like a bit of that first meteor or meteorite very good um for magical use purposes or you know the crafting of powerful runes the simple mm-hmm. prestige for jobs all that stuff it's going to look great on our resumes <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, we don't have cover letters in this world, do we? <laughs> no, that would be a bit much. Uh, I mean, why do we even need resumes? We're not going to quit our jobs, are we? No, we're in it for life. That's the dwarven vow. The, dro- the jobs we were born for. The jobs we are born to die in. Well, um, not a fan. No. No, not that one, no. <laughs> I, I suppose there are some wandering souls out there. I don't I don't believe we were, we were born to die in these roles. Beliefs vary. Are we all just going to be doing terrible Scottish accents this whole time? Is that, <laughs> is that the vibe here? I think that's the... I have never done that. <laughs> I think that's just us. Uh-huh. I think we're just, we're just enforcing that vibe. <laughs> it's fine. I'm here for it. Yeah. Uh, all right, what's next? Well, we set the scene to begin the game. Um, one of us must swear an iron vow to undertake. We set, we set the scene. Within that scene, one of us must swear an iron vow to undertake this expedition. It is going to be a troublesome vow. Uh, this is basically like a engagement role. On a strong hit, we describe how we begin our quest on solid footing. On a weak, we envision a minor danger that stands in our way or complicates what we know of the site. And on a miss... We introduce a major obstacle that we must overcome in order to begin our expedition. Mm. And then, then we, then we like, you know, the last four of these are give the players an opportunity to describe how they ready themselves, like prepare for the quest, uh, fast, like get to the sites, delve the depths to explore the site, uh, manage the pace, and then make sure that uh, when we locate our objective, we also reach a milestone in our vow. Then zoom in and fulfill any final obstacles. If they're successful, we fulfill our vow. All right. Okay. Clean start and end. So, yeah. So we begin, I would imagine, at the office of the Prison Peak Heirloom Reclamation Guild Ochre Hold Chapter. What is our, uh, what's our workplace like? Hmm. So... For Ochrehold, I get sort of the image of this is not one of the prettier places to live, right? Um, I imagine somewhere that's very dull. It's often covered in the colors of autumn, which some folks find exciting. Others, I think it reminds them of the colder months and of the less pleasant ones. So I think sort of similar is a sort of subdued energy across Ochrehold. Um, the office itself, I would imagine... While not being messy, might be a bit dusty in the corners. There might be uh, old oaken furniture that we're sort of leaning on as we receive our sort of orders, summons, what have you. Um, across from us, I could see like a bespectacled dwarf uh, pouring through files and records and sheets of what is to come, laying them out as we receive sort of our path and stake in the actual cradle of the earth. Thoughts? I like no. I'm, I'm like just sitting here nodding. Like, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Sure. I zoned out. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> I'm sick. 
Um, I understand. <clears throat> so valid. So sorry. Who who comes to to give us this mission? Uh, it's an old bespectacled dwarf. Yeah. Let's see. What's a good name for this dwarf? Oh oh oh. O'Reilly. O'Reilly. <laughs> Let's call him O'Reilly. I think that's good. O'Reilly. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> O'Reilly Steel Nib, let's say. Steel Nib. Known more for Love his it. mighty pen work than for much else. Ever uh, cool. Beautiful penmanship. Yes. Is O'Reilly, um, is he a... Who does he represent? Does he represent the, um, the government? Is he representing a private citizen who's interested in this Ooh. for private reasons? I was imagining him as like a bureaucrat as part of our organization, like Oh, this is coming from from man from upper management. Mm. Yeah. So like uh I would say who is our client I would say is probably like maybe a religious organization. Okay. You know, the you uh, know the, the the Church of the Fallen Star. Yeah. Yeah. And they would like, okay, and they want this. I guess it doesn't really matter. I'm curious. What do they want the rock for? Um, I would say most likely they want the rock to put it on their altar mm. to show, like, look at us. We really are of the first star. Like, look at the stone. Like, we've got it. It's, you know, it's part of us. So you know, it's it's clout, basically. Clout. Sort of a relic reclamation, but I would go one step further and say sort of like a re-sanctification almost. Like this is yeah. their expedition that they go on however many year cycle to go and fetch mm. of the first stone and bring back to mm. sort of uh, recenter their faith. Or I was going to, I was say maybe, maybe they, they need to get a new piece of the stone for every new chapel they build. Hmm. I like that. Actually. Yeah, that's great, actually. Like, they started with one big hunk of it that they got. And they're like, this is going to last us for centuries. And then, like, 30 years later, they're like, we've expanded too far. We've broken our chunk into too many chunks, and we need a, bit, a new chunk. Sending us out for a new chunk. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Well, I promise you, uh, O'Reilly, Master Steel Nib, that on my honor, as a representative and expeditionary for the Prison Peak Heirloom Reclamation Guild, that we will get this rock. In fact, I will swear a dwarven vow. And when I swear a vow to serve my leader or faction on a mission, I may re-roll any dice. So let's get it. Let's see them bones. Oh, it's a, and it's a it's a heart roll too. So I'm fucking great at this. Nice. Oh yeah, no, I'm glad I let you do this. One. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna suggest that Buster do it for fun, but you know that's just me. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's give it to the good one. Yeah. Okay, so I rolled. Boy, I need to relearn how to read these dice again. Yeah, I was gonna say I think this is a good time to get into the challenge dice system again, just for reminders, right? Yes, yes, I think that's a great idea because I rolled the dice and then I'm like, wait, what does this mean? I've got the rules. So, oh. action rolls. That's the primary of what we're doing right here. So, 
what we have is we have an action die, which is a d6, and challenge dice, which are 2d10. So the total of our action die, our stats, and any adds is the action score. It's never greater than 10. Anything over that is ignored. So what we want to do is we want to get an action score that is greater than both of the challenge dice, ideally. That would give us a strong hit. If one of the dice is higher, then we get a weak hit. And if both of the challenge dice are higher, then we get a miss. So what happened here with our challenge roll for Swearing an Iron Vow is... We'll take the first one. Yeah, we've got a five here and two challenge dice at four. So with that roll, our friend here has succeeded with a strong hit, which means we've got good footing for this delve of ours. Yes, uh, and I yeah, so it's actually an eight because it didn't. I didn't realize I had to type in my uh, my heart. Um, so we have started with a great. We are in bold, and it is clear what we must do next. And we take, or I guess I take, plus two momentum. Nice, nice. Uh, yes, 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 yes. So I think um, uh, cool, which is great because I could and I could have if I wanted to have re-rolled any of those dice. But we managed to do it well. Lovely. I think how that yeah. comes with us is Master Steelniv sees sort of the the timbre in the vow, right? Um, and considering sort of the importance of the organization we're serving, uh, helps us with getting supplies requisitioned and set aside. Uh, really, just kind of smoothing the process for our dive into the earth. All right, fantastic. So, uh, do we have anything we need to get here before we head out? Any, um, any uh, supplies we'd like to... You know, it might not... I think... So, the nice thing about this is... Let's get into the health, spirit, and supply, right? We all start at plus five, which, if I'm not mistaken, that's the maximum that we can reach. Yeah. For yep. each of those scores. So, I believe we're fully stocked and fully ready to rock. Um, for our momentum, also, we get a reset and we get a max value. We start with two momentum, which will help us. I think if I read properly, positive momentum means things are going our way whenever we're in rolls and such. Negative momentum means that we have to look out uh, for danger coming our way. And that we're not necessarily on tempo. But I think in terms of like initial prep, let's see. We all share the same supply value uh, for the actual delve side of the house since we have dis uh, discovered... Um, we'll need to then delve the depths to actually explore the place. And we said this was a dangerous site, right? Yeah. Okay. So we'll get two progress per area. The site itself, or how we're marking it. And we'll need to bring that sheet up again since I've gone and minimized it. Uh, we've got a total of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten boxes to fill. So as we go further and further, we get to mark off more progress for these. Um, from what I see, the way that these are marked is, depending on the difficulty of what we're going in, we steadily mark more of these boxes. So, for instance, if it were, say, a troublesome one, I believe we mark three progress. That is to say, we fill out three boxes. Or if it were mm -hmm. dangerous, in this case, we mark two. <clears throat> for reference, we also have three more ranks of difficulty on top of that. That's formidable, extreme, and epic. So, yeah. for as we get further in, we actually mark ticks for the higher difficulties, which sort of resolve that we're going slower through these. So each mm. progress, in quotes, is eight ticks in a box. Or, sorry, four ticks in a box. But since we're not going into the 
hardest of the hard, we get to mark two boxes off. And that vowel also, that's what applies to this. So, mm. Oh, do, does my vowel give us uh, ticks to start with, or are we... Uh, that is a wonderful question. I think swearing a vowel just starts you off on it, right? I, I think so. Yep. Yeah, here we go. Uh, swear an iron vowel. Oh, yeah, so embolden, clear what you must do, take plus two momentum. So what we must do next is go into the earth, right? That's what we just resolved to do. So the delve into the earth. With full supply. Time. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I have to go um, say goodbye to somebody. Oh. I mean, you know, we whenever we go down here, we're endangering ourselves. It's important that we pay attention to people in our lives so that they know where we're going and what's going on. Oh, yes, of course. That whole... I was hoping you wouldn't mention that immediately, but fair, understood. Uh, we should all see to our affairs before we go into dangerous places. Well, I've got no affairs to sort out, so I suppose I shall stay here and put on my armor. <laughs> uh, I will trust you to be able to do that. I think I may gather a little bit while our friend here sees off to his, uh, his significant other. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already done. Uh, <laughs> slipped, slipped out while we were, while we were talking through the, the details of it. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!